You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front-row seat to all of the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night, and it's simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Every player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap, and then sit back and watch your points pile up. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports, including hockey. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all the action. And now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I was walking through the halls of a Minnesota rink. When along came a wild fan who started talking smack to me. He said, I bet you never liked the blues until they won a cup. And so I calmly turned to him and said, hey man, listen up. I admit it's pretty great to win Lord Stanley's prize, but listen. I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Heartbreak's all I knew, man. That team from old St. Lou, man. Got a cup in here, 52, man. Give me a let's go blues. I know Brett Hall, Cortnall, Campbell, Cujo, Jenny Oates, Brown, Chase, Jure, Zombo, Sezzle, Butcher, Shanny, Tilly, Tuttle, Sutter, Twister, Turcott, Kimball, Turgeon, Baron, Bassin, Pronger, Pearson, Bergevin, Bozon, Al McKinnis, Crab, Chuck, Howard, Chuck, Petrovicki, Pellerin, Dimitra, Yate, Corson, Conrad, Gretzky. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Heartbreak's all I knew, man. That team from old St. Lou, man. Got a cup near 52, man. Give me a let's go blue. The starting lineup for your Blue Notes podcast. Tom Franklin and the man called Wags. Thanks as always, Tom Calhoun, and hello and welcome to Blue Notes, located on the best city on the Mississippi, the best in the Midwest. We've got that Stanley Cup power, too sweet to be sour. And if you're still clueless, we are talking about St. Louis. This is your home for St. Louis Blues coverage on the Hockey Podcast Network. I am your host for today. Tom Franklin Wags is out on assignment. And uh, just to let you know, uh, starting on Sundays going forward, we will have uh, Mason, a.k.a. Blues Fan Reacts, joining us for the foreseeable future, assuming he doesn't say anything that gets us kicked off of Facebook and YouTube, of course. that's uh, he's, a, he's a screamer, that one, and uh, he will be back on Sunday. We'll be streaming uh, at 9 o'clock Sunday night. Uh, It'll be at least me and him. Uh, Hopefully, Wags will be along for the ride as well. I'm feeling good today, guys. Uh, Right now, it is 19 degrees in St. Louis, and I've never been so glad to see 19 degrees in my life after the last couple of days that we have had. Hopefully, it starts warming up here pretty soon in St. Louis. It feels like we're under a deep freeze here for the past week or so. 
And I'm looking forward to some new competitions, some new uh, blood in the water, if you will, uh, from the San Jose Sharks starting uh, tonight, or I guess Thursday night, uh, if you are watching the uh, video on demand or the uh, listening to the podcasts, which, of course, you can find wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, today is, as I mentioned, is a special episode. Uh, we are going to be joined by assistant brewer of Center Ice Brewery, Jack Ferrara. He's a big blues fan, and of course, he's also a big beer fan as well. And uh, I've got my beer ready. Hopefully, uh, you are drinking responsibly wherever you come from. Got to get the label on there, folks. It's advertising quality there. Uh, first of all, I uh, want to give a quick shout out to uh, Blues Fan Reacts. He is uh, watching as we speak. Hello there. Uh, and of course, uh, we didn't mention this on the stream uh, Sunday, by the way, but just to show you how like international our show is, uh, Mason uh, lives in Salt Lake City, Utah. So we have a Hawaiian hockey correspondent. We have a music master from Minnesota. We've had Gerard the Dutch Blues fan on. Uh, and now we have a, a third uh, host on Sunday and Monday uh, from Salt Lake City, Utah. We are everywhere, folks. We are everywhere. So uh, thanks for watching, Mason. And uh, hopefully you enjoy this chat with Jack Ferrara, who is waiting very patiently. And without further ado, let's get him on the show. It's the Blue Notes Face Off of the Week. And that beautiful NHL 94 music means it is time for our Blue Notes Face-Off of the Week. And we are joined by the assistant brewer at Center Ice Brewery, the one, the only, Jack Ferrara. Uh, Jack, how's it going today, bud? Good, man. How are you? Hey, doing good. As as I mentioned, you know, we're we're slowly starting to warm up a little bit here. And, uh, um, yeah. you know, I, I, I lived in the upper Midwest for a lot of my radio career. I worked for KMOX. And... Uh, I, you know, I'm used to these teens, like in the, when I lived in the Dakotas and I went, when I lived in Min Michigan and Wisconsin, but I don't live there for a reason. You know, I live in St. Louis, so I can hopefully <laughs> avoid those temperatures. But hey, as you know, in St. Louis, you know, wait five minutes, the weather will change, right? Yeah, we were waiting for uh, a little longer than five minutes last night, eh? That was, <laughs> that was rough. Just a, just a little bit. Yeah, this has been, it, it's been rough between... Between the, you know, cold temperatures and the, uh, you know, the fact that we're in a Groundhog Day movie nightmare with the Arizona Coyotes for a while there, it was kind of rough being a Blues fan. And unfortunately, we lost the playoff series in midseason to the Coyotes, four games to three. And uh, are you as glad as I am that we're finally going to have some new competition? <laughs> yes. Uh, so I'm glad we're jumping into Arizona now. Because I've noticed yeah. over the past few seasons that the Blues just struggle when they play Arizona. Yes. It's just one of those teams they're snake bitten against. And I like Arizona is a good team, but watching them in the bubble last year, especially, they just didn't seem to have the right like coherency together. So, something seemed off in their play. Yeah. So I like it's weird. And I also it's don't understand how over the cap they are with the plans they have. I, I don't know. Did you did you see the article from the Athletic this week about how much of a mess the Arizona front office is? 
I didn't see the article, but I know how much of a mess it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bill Armstrong, God rest his soul, he did some great stuff here for us, but he walked into an absolute landmine in Arizona. I mean, uh, check that article out if you have the athletic uh, at some point. But uh, yeah, I, I before this uh, before this season, I did an article for Last Word on Hockey. Uh, where I compared the records that the Blues have against their potential opponents in the West and the Central this year. This was before they uh, uh, went ahead and put the Blues in the West. And yeah, I noticed the Blues going into the season had an 8-3-1, and one, excuse me, the, the Coyotes had an 8-3-1 and one record against the Blues going into the season. And they outscored the Blues 38-23. to 23. And this was in the last three seasons prior to this one. So, okay, so I was right. You are. Sure. You are. You are absolutely. Uh, Arizona is, <sighs> is that weird thorn in our side. You know, a team that is average, mediocre, and yet for some reason they stuff us in a locker every time we face them. It is just, yeah. it, it is the weirdest thing. And I, I, I guess I have some understanding as to why. I mean, that top line that Arizona has uh, with uh, Garland, uh, and uh, Schmaltz and Keller, I mean, they did some work against the Blues. And dude, Gar- uh, if Garland played the Blues in 82 games, oh my god, he'd come close to Gretzky's record. I, that guy I, yeah. is unbelievable. That guy, Sidney Crosby, when he plays the Blues, I don't, and, I don't get it. And he was, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm traumatized, you know, whenever we play him again, just because I'll have memories of this series. But he does everything for them. He's a small guy. He's, but he plays a two way game. He's very quick. He screens the goalie on, you know, on and and is very effective even as a small guy. He really, um, Jack, kind of reminded me. I, I was getting Doug Gilmore flashbacks from him. You know, you remember Doug Gilmore, a small, undersized forward, defensive-minded, and was just an absolute thorn on the other team's side. I I really got some Gilmore flashbacks from him. Yeah. 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 There are a lot of uh kind of a going continuing the string of uh, undersized forwards that just like run amok uh, in the blues cup run. When our series against Dallas rope hints had numerous oh, like kind of, and kind of breakaways and just breakaways. And like every time the puck was on that guy's stick, I got scared. Like that, that kid is dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it- in fact, I just the stars in general, you know, whenever the blues face the stars, I still like have Metallica's one playing in my head and I get flashbacks to the 2019 playoff series. You know, the game seven double overtime. Um, the stars always plays the blues, uh, play the blues tough. We have a winning record against the stars in the last few years, but it feels like every game against the stars is a grind. And you know, when they first announced the divisions and they announced that Dallas was staying in the central and Minnesota and St. Louis was moving out west, I was confused at first, but then I was relieved because it meant we don't have to play the stars, <laughs> you know, and, and they're, they're a team I, I don't miss this season. Yeah. So with us moving out of the central, uh, well, really, before they had to realign, uh, real quick, last thing on Arizona. Yeah. Now central division rival. Yes. <laughs> after, yes. After this year, once Seattle comes, uh, <laughs> which is going to be real fun. <laughs> um, I know, right? Start. Yeah. Keep. Yeah. Get your beers yeah. ready. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, with the new central division, uh, 
I'm that is a murderer's row. Yeah. Like for instance, when was the last time the two teams that made it to the Stanley Cup final the year before were in the same division? That this this is, has to be a I, first. One it's got to be like original 6. It's it got to be original 6. It's definitely the mo- the first time in like the modern era. You know. Yeah. So Yeah. Because I know, I, yeah. I know, during, I know during the the expansion era, you know, three seasons after the Blues uh, got into the league, Chicago moved out to uh, moved out west, and then uh, Vancouver and I think Buffalo came into the league, and they stayed out east. But Chicago wasn't in the Stanley Cup Finals, so yeah, it's it, it had this has to be historical, just an absolute historical moment. By the way, uh, Mason, uh, wondering. What is it with St. Louis natives and they just like to absolutely wreck us? You know, not just Clayton Keller had a good series against the Blues, um, but it, it seems like St. <laughs> Louis, whenever St. Louisans come back home and the, and they take on their the team they grew up with, they love just kicking the snot out of the Blues, don't they? Yeah. So now I'm thinking of uh, St. Louis kids. There's Maroon, like in the league today, it's Maroon, yeah. Keller. Yep. Uh, so here's the thing, though, like they they technically count, I guess, because Matthew was born in Arizona. I'm not sure where Brady was born. Uh, uh, Brady was here, I think. Yeah. So yeah. I know Matthew went definitely went to high school here, and, like was raised here. So they, yeah, they count. Um, yeah. Uh, I get. Boston's kid, who is uh, Frederick. Trent Frederick? Yeah, Trent Frederick, yep. He's yeah. a St. Louisan. He's kind of like in and out of that lineup, though, eh? Yeah, he's, he's kind not, of is. He's not a mainstay yet. He hasn't established himself yet. He's kind yeah. of like he's kind of like a Mackenzie McEachern type for them, I guess. You know, kind of in and yeah. out. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, it'll be interesting and, to see how far he goes, though. And then, of course, you know, one, there's Ben Bishop who went to Chaminade here in St. Louis, although he kind of moved around a little bit when he was, um, you know, in, in his younger days. So I, I don't know if you can truly call Bishop a St. Louisan, because I know he was born in Denver. Um, but Bishop's a guy that when the Blues face him, uh, he's like a brick wall. Yeah. Uh, usually. Usually. like Well, he's just game. a brick wall in general. And when he's, when you talk he's about healthy. Him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny you talk about him moving around a lot when he was young. He's been bounced around the league quite a bit too for as good a goalie as he is. He really has. It's it, it, he's had a weird career. I mean, he you know came up through the Blues system, couldn't you know crack the lineup because we still had Halak and Brian Elliott, and yeah. gets shipped off to Ottawa for peanuts. And in typical Ottawa fashion, they don't take advantage of the bounty that they're given. And they trade him to Tampa for basically nothing, and he, and takes he almost over. wins a cup there. Exactly, he 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 becomes a star in Tampa, and then all of a sudden Vasilevsky comes up, and all of a sudden he's <laughs> yesterday's news. Yeah, he gets Which punted. Is ridiculous! It really With two is. goalies that good. Keep, Keep one. Them. Montreal exactly. has Jake Allen and Carey Price. I'm a Montreal fan too, so like I'm the guy with okay. like two or more teams. Uh, it's Blues, like, sure. obviously at the top. Montreal is a second. Um, I was a – I am kind of a Leafs fan. That <laughs> team just annoys me. Yeah. <laughs> as, they, as they do everyone. But I, I will say, so my family has a place in Canada on Lake Huron. 
And so I've been going there every summer of my life. So that's, that also helped me become a Leafs fan. So after we won the cup, I go back up there that summer and I tell all my buddies, I'm like, yeah, this is what happens when you beat Boston in a game seven in Boston. You get this. Yes. <laughs> I, they, I, they just go, shut up. <laughs> yeah, I, I've noticed that Canadians everywhere, whether it's Toronto, Vancouver, or other cities, people that I've talked to in Canada, no one in Canada likes Boston at all. Like the, the founders of our hockey podcast network um, are from Victoria, British Columbia. They're on Vancouver Island. And yeah. be- before they got the network started, they had me on their Vancouver Canucks podcast a couple of times during the Blues playoff run. And they wanted to have me on because they were glad they, they were they were kind of happy the Blues finally made it to the cup finals and had a real chance of winning the cup. I mean, because they've also not had a cup in ever. Um, yeah. But also they just just talking to them like Canadians are nice people. Canadians are super nice, uh, very conversational people. I've not met a bad Canadian yet, but to talk about Boston with these guys, you know, they may as they may as well have run over their dog. You know, it was it, with their with, with 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 their monster truck. It was just it, 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 they can't stand truck. them. <laughs> I mean, the the tone <laughs> shifts immediately when you bring like say say the word Brad Marchand around them, and the tone just shifts. No, 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 hang on, hang on. It's Mashan. Mashan, that's right. That's right. Brad Mashan. Mashan, yeah, he's a he's a bullet shot up before uh, every game. So what's really funny is, yeah. So what's really funny is, I got my family has a place in Canada, and uh, on my mom's side, a lot of her siblings live in uh, Massachusetts. Really? (laughs) So they're not. A lot of them aren't huge sports fans in general. They'll cheer on the Patriots when they would be in the Super Bowl. And they'd come around then because they're those fans. Sure. Just because there's not really fans. Michael John is a sports fan. He like he loves the Bruins. Like I remember being with him during 2011 during the Bruins Cup run against Vancouver, and I watched that last game of that series and celebrated with him when they raised the cup. So that was fun. Yeah, you uh, haven't ha- you haven't had any family reunions, by the way, with your Massachusetts family since the Cup win, have you? Oh yeah, we went up there for Christmas that year. Oh really? So, <laughs> yeah. so how how awkward was that? Uh, I only brought blues t-shirts. <laughs> yes. So here's the thing: I had it. I have a uh, denim jacket that I got patches on, and it, the back is painted. I have the Stanley Cup champions patch on this shoulder. Awesome. And um, uh, you remember the? Hang on one second. Yeah. Do you remember there was a game where? they gave out these little replica cups. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So I went to that game solely, like they released the schedule for all of the, uh, the blues released the schedule for all of the like giveaway things. And I was like, I'm buying tickets to this game right now. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. That game comes. I had that thing fit perfectly in the pocket of that denim jacket. Nice. So we go to watch, um, pardon me we would go to watch uh, every new star Wars movie with uh, that side of my family when it comes out. Cause it would come around, come out around Christmas. So it'd still be in theaters. So we'd go to watch that. And I'm standing in this Massachusetts theater wearing a blues hoodie, a Stanley cup champion shirt under that. My Stanley cup champion patch is prominent to everyone in the theater. 
the cup in my pocket is prominent, and I got guys all over the floor watching me. <laughs> I love it. The, I, so <laughs> when the Blues won the cup, I had the playoff beard, as you know. And yeah. so, because what else are you going to do? Exactly. Um, it's got long enough, and it's long enough now, to where my mustache just started curling up on its own. So I said, all right, screw it. If we win, I'll rock a handlebar mustache. And then they won. So up until March of 2020, when we needed to wear masks everywhere, uh, I can't really keep it waxed with a mask on, you know? So <laughs> I decided, all right, beard's coming back. But yeah, from the cup win until then, I had a mustache. So <laughs> I'm a jackass standing in this theater, curly mustache, Stanley Cup champion blues gear after I just, after the Blues just beat their team. <laughs> oh my god, that was a, that was a fun trip. <laughs> to be to be a, to be a to be a fly in the wall in that theater that night, man, I would give anything. Dude, for that. I got so many looks in line for the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> did no one? But no one tried anything with you, did they? No, because Boston is a really good sports city. It's just everyone hates their teams. Yes. So like the fans will rib you and chirp you but they do it with a smile on their face because it's etiquette because it's just what like they're just busting balls and i love yeah. bust i love it i love yeah. it's the be- it's one of the best sports cities it's just everyone hates their teams yeah i've never seen a city that has more just self-loathing and then they turn it into kind of like a running recurring gag than boston does i mean it, it is a different fan base up there to say the least oh yeah yeah, right. it, no wonder they no wonder they drink a lot of beer up there. Um, <laughs> speaking of beer, let's go ahead and start start talking about that first of all here. So, of course, I mean, we're, uh, one to, we're one to talk on. No wonder they drink so much beer. The Blues just won their first cup fifty three years, two years, fifty two, fifty year fifty two. So there you go. Yeah, we've St. Louis is a brewery town. I mean, and and I and I yeah. and I strongly believe the Blues woes over the years are a big reason for that. I mean, turns out. You know, when your hockey team keeps getting first and second round exits, the, the Blues playoffs, kept Anheuser Busch in. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. There is they knew there is a center ice brewery because of the Blues. Well, there probably is, but it's, it may not be directly for that reason. Um, but yeah, let's go and talk about that. First of all, I love your backdrop. By the way, I mean, oh, yeah. I, you you were on our you were on our sister uh, podcast, the Soda Pod, last week, and I saw that as like, oh man, this is. <laughs> like the best backdrop out of anyone that we've had so far it's it's and we've had we have we have some good backdrops our we have a hawaiian hockey correspondent that ships in on our sunday episodes and he'll go on location on top of a hill in hawaii you know and it's just beautiful he takes us to hawaii every week and that's we love him for that uh, um but this is but that behind you is all class and uh we, we should point out by the way uh if you're not familiar with center ice brewery first of all it's located um, right off of uh, Olive uh, near uh, Compton. And second of all, um, if you ever go inside Center Ice Brewery, there's a story behind all the wood inside uh, the uh, the bar area, right? Yep. Yeah, so the bar top and the tables, and I, I might have said this one is, I immediately forgot, like right after I did that pod, because I think I said this wood behind me is from the arena too. I <laughs> think it is. I'm like 70% sure. Okay. Because I instantly forgot for sure. I just never checked. So whatever. <laughs> but 
a lot of the wood here is from the old arena. Yeah, and, that's cool. Yeah, and how our owner got a hold of it, I don't know. But it was on some guy's farm in rural Missouri. And I also forgot exactly where, but in rural Missouri somewhere. He just had all this wood from the old arena laying around. As as one does, you know. Right, right. Because like, you know, <laughs> he's, he's not going to burn it because like, it's worth something to the right people. So <laughs> now we got a kick-ass... Uh, by the way, Dylan Kayser, who I believe uh, produced uh, your uh, Soda Pod show last week, uh, is asking uh, to give us the tour. Oh. Uh, I'm trying to think. I didn't give them a tour, really. And Ah, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I can't. I showed them around a little bit. Uh, what did I do last time? We'll walk about. All right. So this is behind the bar. Looks okay. like looks like crap because we're not opening it. So that is what I showed them last time. And for, uh, our, had, for our audio listeners, by the way, he is uh, moving his camera around the oh, yeah. uh, tap room and uh, showing us uh, the bar area right now. Forgot about the audio listeners. Sorry, guys. That's all right. Yeah, That's all right. We have a lot of artwork done by the same guy. None of the lights are on in the tap room, only above the bar, so it's kind of dark and you can't really see, which is another reason why can't really do a good tour right now <laughs> so are you allowing patrons inside the bar or no yes so city guidelines are i think like i forgot exactly what the percentage is i think it's 50 i think it's 50 it, for the city yeah yeah so we have tables set up distance and we have uh bar stools set uh six feet away from each other around the bar so it's really we have limited available seats for everybody. Okay. I'm not going to take the time to try and count now, but <laughs> but we have limited seating in here just for uh, everyone's safety. So <laughs> just like a lot of places, put your mask on when you come in. Well, you should already have it up at regardless. Yeah, mask on when you're walking around. Once you sit down, you can bring in your own food. We got Pappy's next door, which is rated uh food network rated number one ribs in the country great ribs and because of that we so the funny thing is real quick on pappy's their ribs are rated number one and we get all these tourists from all over the country to come in and try their barbecue and they're like oh they're burnt ends they're pulled pork they're, it's it's all right but i don't know why it's 100 it's number one like their barbecue isn't number one their ribs are yes yes you gotta get the thing they're known for Exactly. Our uh, another uh, one of our podcasters in our network, uh, Michael Farley. He was he was doing our Dallas Stars podcast last season. Now he's doing our Edmonton Oilers podcast, and he swung by St. Louis. Uh, he lives in Florida, uh, but he he swung by St. Louis for an Oilers Blues game last year before you know the pandemic hit. And he stopped by Center Ice Brewery, and he, he loved it. First of all, you know, he he thought the uh, uh, you know just just the hot the, the hockey lodge kind of a feel was just was amazing. But then he also commented on Pappy's, and I think he learned the hard way about you know the best ribs versus you know the rest of their barbecue because I think he ended up getting like uh, um, I think like a beef brisket or something like that, which is which they're fun. Which I think I think Pappy's beef brisket's fine. But he was kind of yeah. like disappointed to learn that oh he was supposed to get the ribs darn right so oh well you, you yeah. live and learn yeah so, so uh, go ahead uh, I was just gonna so are we bringing it back to beer now 
Yeah, let's go ahead and bring it back to center rice and bring it bring it back to beer finally. So uh, first thing is, you know, I mentioned earlier that I'm drinking an old arena lager, uh, which uh, features uh, really nice bottle art, by the way. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and zoom in on it right there. You can see uh, if you're watching, you know, just the nice old school text and then the old arena uh, hand drawn. And uh, you're drinking old, an old arena lager, too, right? I am. I'm drinking it on draft. And I'm wearing an old arena t-shirt, actually. I didn't even mean to play it like that. But hey, also, we just got in, um, we ordered gray long sleeve shirts with the same design as that bottle label, which are on sale now on the website. Yeah. Yeah. I I was poking around your website there. In fact, I actually bought a uh, centerized shirt uh, that I think you're almost out of stock is like the pink shirt. Um, so I'm getting that shipped in the next couple of days, but I, I always wanted to ask you just about the bottle art and your can art. Of course you do mostly cans, obviously you've got some of the best can art for, um, your, your beverages that I've ever seen out of a brewery. I mean, it's, they're they're always a, a, a pleasure to see who handles that art for, for you guys. You gotta give me a second. Oh, sure. Sure. Um, (laughs) so steve our owner uh he now has moved to more behind the scenes stuff uh involving investors and all that but uh he used to be the one that designs the can art using like clip art pieces so let me go grab a can real quick so the best example that i can give you is where is it So with the beauty can, which is the beauty, by the way. Yeah. Who do you think it's modeled after? (laughs) Exactly. Not not me. The handlebars. Absolutely. Not not true. (laughs) (laughs) Not not true. Uh, But yeah, so this was, he got a beard and a mustache and then a hockey helmet and then just put an orange slice on it. Nice. (laughs) And he had the beauty. (laughs) So, um... As we got better, I'm going to bring another can over. Sure. Uh, or I'm not. Where'd it go? Uh, all right. I'm going to have to go into the cooler for it, and I'm just not going to do that now. But our stick around. I showed the soda pod, guys, because it was right there on the shelf, and now it's not, which is annoying. But our stick around can was really nice. It had a, a glass on it, featured prominently, and then all the different ingredients around it. So it was hibiscus okay. leaves, uh, ginger berries, lime zest, and honey. Nice. That 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 sounds really tasty. Um, by the way, some other examples of can art here. I keep um, a couple of your uh, uh, cans around. This guy, I have like a like a shelf behind me that's uh, right up right up above where my finger is, where I just keep like various blues knickknacks and you know just things around. And among them is the old arena lager can. I think this was from the first one I ever drank. And yeah, I love the matte one. That's, that's the old one. Yeah. Um, this was like right around. Uh, by the way, this was also right around the pan- when the pandemic started, too. I remember you guys had just, I think, came, like, I oh, yeah, came that's out. the first time we got it in cans. Yeah. Yeah. So I love the art. I mean, this is, I mean, it, it's got the blues colors, the blues, you know, it's even got the striping is, is very blue, yeah. retro blues. And of yeah. course, the beloved old arena here in St. Louis, <laughs> which, of course, you know, we we didn't seem to appreciate at the time, but as time goes on, uh, we 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 do now. 
And then I also have, um, this is one of my mementos from the uh, cup run, Play Gloria, uh, the uh. hazy pale ale that you guys came out with right after the cup win. And um, yeah, this was uh, uh, really a really good beer for one. And then, of course, you know, the fact that uh, Laura Brannigan took over St. Louis that year, it's always kind of a reminder of just how, you know, important uh, Laura Brannigan was to the uh, Blues Cup win because you can't break a 52-year cup drought without an 80s singer leading the way, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So Toronto needs to find theirs, and then that still leads to Boston. uh, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, is, is Duran Duran still around? I mean, maybe they could help Boston <laughs> out. I, I, I don't know. We're, we, we could go into a whole vortex with eight with obscure eighties acts that could probably help them <laughs> out. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm oh, yeah. sure. So, um, now let, let's go ahead and talk about you know your beginning, like the beginnings of Centerize. So you've been around for a couple of years. Uh, were you involved with the launch of Centerize? And uh, kind of tell us if you and if you were, tell us kind of how. Um, everything got going. So I've known Steve Albers, the owner, since I was around like 13 or 14. Uh, I'm 22 now. So I had been involved with, uh, he puts on a autism awareness fundraiser called the Frozen Cup, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, it's always at an ODR. So it was at Shaw Park uh, in... I think Clayton. And then uh, we last year we got it moved to the now I forget the name. Centene Ice yeah, the Centene Iceplex. Yes. At that at that outdoor rink, which was awesome. Yeah. Because I got a real scoreboard to mess with. <laughs> instead of just <laughs> instead of just that paper flip thing. And if it was God help me, if it was windy and that thing would just uh, it was it was yeah. uh, it was it was fun. But <laughs> so I've known Steve for years. And uh, after I got out of my one year at University of Central Missouri, I worked at O'Fallon Brewery on production. Okay. So bottling, canning, kegging, filling uh, distribution orders, all that. So that's where I kind of like really fell in love with beer itself and wanted to learn how to brew it. And so. I kind of told Steve and he goes, all right, so maybe we'll hire you one day and poach you. <laughs> so one day I happened to be in here on the same day that his assistant brewer put in this four week notice. I'm bourbon because of this beer. Excuse me. Um, sure. Absolutely. Uh, so I happened to be in that day and he's like, all right, Hey, Matt just put in his four weeks. How soon can you get off of it? at O'Fallon? Like, well, probably like two or so. And this is like a Monday. or It's like the middle of the week. So yeah, I was like, all right. So next day I went in and told my bosses, hey, put in my two-week notice. So I'm going to go learn to brew at Center Ice. So, and O'Fallon's also owned by family friends of mine because sure. I've been surrounded by beer my whole life. <laughs> of course. So, uh started here in December, like mid-December. I think it was actually December 9th or so. I know it just happened, but I forgot instantly. I'm terrible. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> but I started in December of 2019, so which means I got my feet wet. I got my feet damp 
and then the world ended. Yeah, <laughs> fun. Thankfully, uh, Jim, the new head brewer who started in January, uh, about a month after I did, Jim and I could keep brewing and we just canned everything. So we were still able to get in stores, still able to sell to uh, all the stores, basically. And we did heavy curbside advertising and we did delivery for a hot minute. Um, I remember that. It was it was inside the 270 inner belt, right? Yep. Yep. I remember that. I, I almost took advantage of that one time, but I decided, you know what? I work downtown. I live in Dogtown. You're on the way. Don't be lazy, Tom. Get your own beer, damn it. Um, by, by, by the way, how, how scary were those first months of the pandemic for you guys? I mean, was there any real concern about, um, you know, long-term viability if this, you know, thing kept, uh, the pandemic kept going on? Yeah. And we had plenty of meetings. Uh, we had weekly meetings actually, um, just about like, all right, this is our plan. This is, uh, what we're going to basically do. And then occasionally it would like kind of loop back to, all right, we're doing this like two weeks later. All right, we're doing this halfway through that week. All right, we're going back to this (laughs) (laughs) because that's just how Steve is. But um, we're still here. Um, So it all worked out. We're all fine. Uh, We got to keep brewing really fun beers like stick around. And yep. which started life as a gin and tonic inspired IPA. And then it got its stupid name from why not stick around. So people kind of like stick around the tap room. <laughs> so every time, every time to this day, we still works. like every time anyone says stick around, we go <laughs> stick around. <laughs> it's, it's stupid, it funny things. Inside like joke. That. Yeah. It's stupid, funny things like that. That just like kind of keep morale high and like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and, that and, and bubble hockey helped. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We we had an image of you playing bubble hockey yeah. uh, when we when we brought you on here for the video podcast. By the way, aren't you glad that you know it, we we are now eleven months into this pandemic, and aren't you glad that it's been long enough to where we can actually look back and laugh at those at those times? I mean, because it was you know I I sometimes reflect on how I felt in March and it just kind of felt like the world was ending because everything shut down just like you know one after another and after another and when you work in news you know you you have to rep- you have to be aware of every single thing that's shutting down and it just got to be like really a bummer and um I'm just I'm just glad that we can look back on it you know and, and thankfully you know centerize has weathered the storm and can look back and uh, and uh, be grateful that I guess you're still around yeah, so what's really cool is well cool. Um yeah. what's kind of nice is there weren't a whole lot of craft breweries that had to close down for very long at least. Yeah, I noticed um, that. Yeah. So that's just awesome for the industry here. Yeah. But like the city kind of I'll say because it makes me feel better, city rallied around all the craft breweries here. Yeah. And it's just awesome to see that. And it's awesome to know that like the city's here for us when we need them to be. And it's great to see that just like no one really, like I know a few of them had to close for the two week quarantine and then clean everything. So 
but like it wasn't a whole lot and it didn't happen often and no sure. one had to close for good. So, uh, it was, it was lucky. Yeah. It was awesome and, and lucky. And, and, and unfortunately so many local restaurants and, and bars have, you know, not been able to withstand the downturn in business. But, you know, I remember right when this whole thing started, there was such a push. I mean, you, you always hear a push in the community, you know, buy local, uh, you know, patronize your local restaurants, you know, keep your money, you know, local. But like there was a big rally in like March and April and May, you know, to, you know, order curbside or get it Ubered or uh, uh, DoorDash. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I remember actually I live right next door uh, to Pat Connolly Tavern, you know, off of Oakland here in uh, in St. Louis and Dogtown. And I remember buying a bunch of their alcohol. They were like wholesaling, like they were trying to liquidate, you know, as much as they could. So they like sold all of their alcohol, you know, in the first month or so just to stay afloat. And I remember I bought a bunch of, you know, whiskey and and and, and a lot of their they had a lot of stand usual beer from Urban Chestnut. And I bought I I I bought a lot. I bought probably at least at least a hundred fifty dollars worth of a booze from them and it wasn't because i'm a heavy drinker because because i'm not it almost felt like duty you know because yeah. you know these these are these are these are your neighbors you know that are you know trying to stay afloat and and I, it felt like i was doing my part to, to help out with that yeah so um old arena lager by the way um i keep bringing it up because it, it's one of my fond memories of um one of the ways that i i things I can look back at smile at because, you know, right when the pandemic started, I bought a bunch of these. In fact, I just cleared out of my cans that I had bought from you guys. I think like a month or two ago, I kind of paced myself a little bit. And then you brought out the bottles, which I thank you for that, by the way, because I was able to restock <laughs> on that. But uh, yeah, well, well timed. We got you. Yes, I appreciate that. And um, I, and I got you. So, um you know, you're you're known for you know your, your pale ales. You have kind of a revolving pale ale uh, uh, beer series that you have, and then uh, you you know do a lot of you know like you know IPAs and finer stuff. What inspired you uh, or Centerize to do a lager, which is kind of a more I don't know if simple is the right word for it, but a more more basic beer than like an IPA, which is pretty complex. So. Two things. One, my computer's telling me about batteries low. So I'm going to talk and get my charger in for you. Oh, okay, Second, go ahead. Um, the Old Rain Lager was actually one of Steve's recipes when he was brewing out of his basement before he got the building as we know it now. And mm -hmm. so we just like kept making it. And so, like, the beauty, Old Arena, our Puck of the Irish Stout and a raspberry picker are all some of his recipes that have just okay. those are basically the flagship seasonals and beauty and older rain are basically the flagships and then puck the irish and raspberry picker are the seasonals for okay. puck is for obviously uh oh my god saint patrick's day yes which <laughs> is coming up I, yeah i'm on it today <laughs> Uh, raspberry pickers more in the springtime. So I actually just drank my last can of raspberry pickers. So, uh, there, or this weekend. Go. So that was there sad. you go. But <laughs> we'll be making more. 
Well, spring's not too far away, so you'll be yeah, yeah. you'll be making more as as you said. What's available? Like like if I if I'm listening right now, it's like okay, what do, what do you have now? Um, so if I go to centericebrewery.com, what will I find? Right now, you'll find the beauty or orange IPA brewed with uh, orange zest. Okay. You'll find fast forward IPA, which is a Belgian inspired IPA. Okay. Sorry, let me try that again. Belgian inspired IPA. Uh, brewed with grains of paradise, Thai lemongrass, and lemon zest. Interesting. Um, God, uh, old arena lager bottles. We still have some revolving pillows 004, 05, and 06. 04 is a mosaic calypso um, hop combination. So it's all so all the even numbers of the revolving pale ale series were the same malt bill, and then we changed out the hops. Okay. So 04 is mosaic and calypso. 06 is mosaic and centennial. Okay. 05 is a Belgian pale ale with I forgot exactly, but it's a Belgian pale ale. <laughs> it was sure. one of my favorites. Um, we have our cider, as you showed, and then. Which I'm opening up a can of right now, by the way. Nice. Ah. Um, by the way, on that revolving pale ale series, and this is this is a question, you know, not just for our listeners, but for kind of me as well. So I was kind of looking at those the other day, and I'm like, okay, I see, you know, four is different, five is different, six is different. Could you, like, you know, if if I were to get, you know, one of each, could you explain like the difference in taste between the uh, the three for someone that's really not you know, well-versed on, on, on craft beers. Uh, if I was doing a taste test and I had them in front of them, in front of me, I could, uh, off the uh. top of my head, I cannot. <laughs> I'm embarrassed <laughs> to say. That's fine. Um, but yeah, so each of the hops, so hops are hops and grain and just everything that goes into beer is really fun. And that's why I love brewing. Because I can sure. play around with all these different grains and make a stout or a porter or a lager or like an IPA. It doesn't matter. The hops, there are a t- like <laughs> tons of different strains. Um, there's Mosaic, Calypso, Centennial, the ones I mentioned earlier. Sure. Um, so, for instance, Mosaic gives off a ton of different flavor profiles, including like blueberry and other fruity notes or like there are piney bitter hops. There are floral hops for aroma. So like different hops have different uses. So there's one called Columbus where it's mainly used in bittering for like an IPA or a stout or anything that has a bittering hop addition to give it that kind of bite on the back end. And then there are, as I said, the floral hops, which are mainly put in the boil at the time where it's for the aroma. So when you boil, that's when you add the hops. So the sooner you add hops, the more bitter they're going to get. So basically, out of a 60-minute boil, it's it's counting down, (laughs) which (laughs) which is the fun part to figure out. So at 60 minutes, the first hop edition, when you start boiling, you add your bittering hop. 
typically around 20 minutes, you add a flavor hop. And then at 10 minute or flame out or whirlpool, as it's called, is the aroma hop. Okay. And even at the 10 minute, you're kind of getting a little bit of flavor out of it just because of how long the boil has to basically extract all the oils from the hops itself. Yeah. So that's kind of where the biology slash chemistry, the biochemistry, basically. <laughs> I, I, as I said, buddy, I'm on it today. Uh, it, it's it's all right, man. We it, it's been a rough week. It really has. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a cold week, man. I'm tired of it. <laughs> it, it really does, man. It, it just the, the, the cold the cold temperatures when it gets this cold, it just kind of gets to you after a while, doesn't it? It's annoying. It really is. It really is. Like like I said, I, I should not feel happy that it's 19 degrees outside, yeah. but everything's like relative. Arizona every every night. Yeah, let's not do that again, okay? Unless it's right. the actual playoffs. Um, I even, will, even, I will, I will even, go ahead. I was gonna say, even still, I I do not want to see the Coyotes in the playoffs ever because, like I said, they they stuff us in the locker every time we see them. So yeah, I will say uh, the Blues Instagram had a great post. <laughs> it was <laughs> uh, pink in the brain. It was yes, G brain. What are we gonna do tonight? Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Play the Coyotes. <laughs> I will I say, laugh so hard. I, I will say Blues social media really stepped up during the Coyotes series. They they were they were producing some real banger memes like that one, for instance. And then there was another one that I used. I think it was for like the fourth game um, where someone had um, uh, like a cereal box and it said, oops, all Coyotes. <laughs> you know, instead of, you know, like like instead of oops, all marshmallows or, or whatever yeah. the original cereal is. It was it was it was great. Um, you had, you had, you had to laugh at this series because it, otherwise it was painful. It was just yeah. so, so painful. Thank, thank goodness for, uh, uh, hard cider and, and related, uh, alcoholic beverages. Cause you know, that helped get me through. So admittedly saying, um, Amen. by the, by the way, when you, when you were talking about, um, the, the brewing process and when you put in your hops and things like that, I had two images in my mind. I had number one, of course, you actually brewing it inside of your uh, brewery which is right next to your tap room by the way so everything's all in one building which is it's a really cool aesthetic if you ever get to go to center ice brewery um but the and then the second image i had was like of a younger you standing in front of a chemistry lab you know set you know and just <laughs> like you were sounding almost it, 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 am i fair am i right to say that brewing beer is almost like chemistry in a sense so I never had like one of those children's chemistry sets uh, in high school. I did like biology and I did like chemistry. I knew and, it. <laughs> yeah. So I actually went to real quick. I went to UCM as a bioeducation major with a minor in chemistry. Mm -hmm. uh, didn't last. <laughs> I, was, I was never one of the like AP honor students or anything like that. So my biology, my two biology, animal biology and plant biology hit me with all this Latin. I'm like, I'm out. I know. I know. Yeah. So, but like brewing is like that's what that's part of the reason brewing is right up my alley. Like um so it is the chemistry part is I guess it's biochemistry because yeah. the like different grains have different compounds in them that then break down when introduced to hot water when you go to strike and mash in 
because the hot water turns the starches from the grain into sugar, which mm -hmm. then you boil to concentrate and remove the water from. So you get more concentrated sugar quality or quality count. Um, you put that in a fermenter, add yeast, the yeast eat the sugar, produce carbon dioxide and alcohol. So okay. it's that's the basic formula of brewing. And you can get into the chemistry of like how you treat your water, what's in the water and what it does to the grain and the beer itself and the flavor that it will like going to Canada, the craft breweries up there have a much different taste to the craft breweries in St. Louis because St. Louis I've heard. as of A B have great water. Yes. Yes. So that yeah, so with brewing, you can get into so many like minute things, and it's so much fun. So I I, I have a few friends of mine that um, growing up they had big dreams of becoming brewers themselves, and uh, none of them ever did. I think one dabbles in home brewing a little bit, but nothing like on a even like on a, like a straighter brow you know level. You know, he just you know every now and then he'll just whip something up from his garage, um, but. A lot of people, but a lot of my friends, you know, they 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 always dreamed of working for Anheuser Busch. That was like the dream growing up because you know I'm in my mid 30s, so I grew up, you know, in the 90s before a lot of the microbreweries in St. Louis came online, like Schlafly and O'Fallon. I remember O'Fallon was you know kind of like on, at the forefront of the microbrewery revolution. I you know that kind of happened in the, the 2000s. Um, did you ever dream of working for AB or did you always want to you know, be, you know, work for a uh, small indie? So a lot of the, a lot of kids would be like, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a brewer. Exactly. Uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do until like <laughs> high school. I was like, I like science. And my junior and senior year, I was a uh, student teacher in a chemistry and then uh, a biology class. And so yeah. I just, like quickly got the hang of basically teaching and i was like all right cool i'll do this so that's how i picked my major and my minor and sailed right off that waterfall <laughs> <laughs> and i was like okay so i got the job at o'fallon because they were our family friends and excuse me over spring break my first year in college um they put out this thing on facebook of like hey we need help and I went and my the production manager there, Brad, saw I had a lanyard for my keys that was UCM. And he goes, oh, you go to UCM? I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh, so I graduated from there. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> so, <laughs> I was there like three days and uh, apparently I did a good enough job. And he goes, hey, let me know when you're off school and we'll get you on the payroll. I'm like, <laughs> okay. There you go. So, Called him on my way home after uh, the school year was over. I'm like, hey, man, I'm off school. He goes, all right, cool. You want to start Monday? I'm like, sure. So wow. I was there for uh, about a year and a half. And then I started here. That's that's an amazing story. Because think about all those college kids that, you know, go through the entire four-year experience. And it takes them a year to find a job, you know. And then here you are, you know, coming right out of college with a job. I mean, that's that that's the dream right there, isn't it? Yeah, coming out of college with a job, still time to figure out exactly what I want to do because I was yeah. twenty when I started. Uh, yeah, I was nineteen and twenty when I started there. Yeah, um, and then I turned twenty-one right before I left there in September, and I left in December. So, 
yeah, I had plenty of time to figure out what I wanted to do, figured out it was brewing, and now I get to do that, and I'm 22 years old. Very nice, very nice. By by the way, imagine you know going to your high school guidance counselor, and he asks you, what do you want to do when you grow up? And you say, I want to be a brewer at a hockey-themed bar. You know, that can, can can you picture the guidance counselor's face when you say that? I mean, that just it, it, that's like it, it's a dream job. But it's like, did, I mean, could you ever imagine you were you were doing that, you know, uh, brewing in a hockey theme bar that's actually viable? Yeah. Uh, no, the guidance counselor would probably have the expression of the wide eyes like. Oh. OK. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just the exactly. pause of like, what do I tell this kid? <laughs> Is that exactly. Um, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'll I'll admit when Center Rise started, I I remember seeing like the initial uh, Facebook post, and and you know, I remember the website when it started out was kind of uh, primitive. It was going into kind of like the behind the scenes of them setting up and all that. I'm like. A hockey bar in St. Louis—that's—that's that's ambitious, I guess, a little bit because hockey's <laughs> unfortunate. Unfor- I mean, you know, if you're Canadian and listening to this, you think, "Oh, a hockey bar." That's—I mean, that that would that would go over great in Canada. In America, it's it it does hockey, of course, does not have the same type of worship that it does in in Canada. It's it, it's a a little bit more niche compared to like baseball, especially in St. Louis, baseball and uh, football and basketball. Um, how does it feel being a part of a, you know, I, I don't want to call Center Rice a rags to riches story, but how, how does it feel being a part of a, you know, brewery that, you know, I feel kind of has defied the odds a little bit? Yeah. So um, before they opened, or we opened, uh, I helped paint the walls in the bathroom. I helped paint the wall I'm staring at right now that the old arena artwork was on. Um, I was I was working the door for opening night because <laughs> I couldn't serve or anything because I was well of course seventeen. No, I was wow. Jesus eighteen. Well, that, that'd be yeah, legal in right, Canada, but right not before, here. Yeah, I was right. It was right before I left for college because they opened in July of seventeen. Sure, right before I went to college. Um, so I was here since basically before day one if you include painting and like knowing Steve as long as I have coming here was kind of a <laughs> call it <laughs> destiny call it whatever <laughs> it's just fun like yeah. getting to watch this place grow and now getting to know some of the regulars that I didn't before um, sure and like, like- like how big was the cup run to helping center rice grow? I mean, that, that had to bring in a, a, a bounty of business for you. Oh yeah. So <laughs> it's so weird. Think about it now in the times yeah. that we're in with the limited seating in here, because I was here for, I was here with one of my buddies for one of the games against San Jose, where I think Tarasenko got a hat trick. He got a hat trick. I don't know if he got a hat trick, but he had a penalty shot that he made. Um, <laughs> And I had a, I have a blues goalie mask that I would wear for every playoff game. Awesome. Cause I got it right before game one, the day of game one against Winnipeg in, in the first round. Cause I was like, I need something for this playoff run. I just felt I need something. So I got the goalie mask that I wore and I brought it here 
<laughs> and <laughs> we're watching that and guys are coming up to me and being like, Hey man, fuck yeah. Love it. <laughs> Love the helmet. <laughs> and just like, it was like the place was packed and Steve has video from, uh, game seven in Boston when we won and like this place, it's just a sea of people. Like it's sure. crazy. <laughs> Beers flying everywhere. They pop champagne bottle. Like, wow. Nuts. I was not here for that. Thankfully, <laughs> but it was <laughs> nuts. Yeah. I'll, I'll bet. And actually our, our buddy Mason blues fan reacts, uh, actually has a question for you. And then kind of along those lines, did you ever have, have a moment where you thought, damn, this place is something special. Um, yeah, it was the cup run and yeah, that, that was, yeah. that was pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have, have you had any tie-ins or any real fun encounters with uh, blues players uh, at center ice? Yes. We had Colton Pareko here one night to serve beer. Really? Uh, partnered with, I think it was the Ronald McDonald house. Or something like that but yeah he was back here serving beer and that was right after my 21st birthday and for my birthday i was invited here by steve and the two old brewers because they were still here obviously yeah um, and they helped me write a recipe for i they were like all right what beer do you want to make for your birthday i'm like all right well uh i want a maple ipa and they're like all right so these hops will give this, these hops will get like, they gave me a list of hops and like I could choose what I wanted from it and the grain and everything. So I was here to help them brew that. Um, so when Colton Pareko was here, my beer was still on tap. And so uh, I had him serve me a beer that I helped brew. And by this <laughs> point he was already a Stanley cup champion. Of course. So I had a Stanley cup champion serve me a beer that I brew. Awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Not, not only that, but Colton Pareko, I remember Craig Bruby saying one thing about Pareko, and that was if uh, he could have, if he can allow his one of his daughters to date a St. Louis Blues hockey player, his choice would have been Pareko uh, because Pareko is such a nice guy. And uh, I, I've been lucky enough to um, encounter him a couple times uh, before the pandemic. Uh, I would go down in the locker room and get some audio for KMOX and uh, he would, you know, do uh, like the locker room scrums. Super, super nice guy. And I don't think you could have had a nicer guy that night for you. Yeah. No, he's awesome. Yeah, he really is. He really is. Um, kind of winding down here. Uh, we've been going for a little over an hour here. Um, one of my favorite, I, I have a hockey meal, you know, uh, that I usually have, not all the time, but, you know, whenever I feel the blues need a win, I will always break out um, some ravioli, like, like not toasted ravioli, not you know <laughs> the St. Louis transition uh, tradition, but like some some real ass ravioli. And um, what would you say? Like if, if and of course, Ray Ferraro, uh, former one time St. Louis blue, he was famous uh, for chicken parm, you know, chicken parmesan. Um but so like like what would you say to someone you know like like let's say someone's sitting down for a nice italian dinner you know a st louis italian dinner what beer would you recommend for them what would go what would pair well with that so and by, the, by the way this is a test you know th this is this is also a test to, to show that you're not uh drinking too much of your own supply and you're you're passing it so 
Good job. <laughs> so it really depends on uh, the dish that they're going to order because if it's on the spicier side, so let's just for argument's sake, let's say they're going to get chicken parm with red sauce or like, I don't know, chicken Alfredo or something. Sure. Um, I would probably say a lager or something light just like to help wash it down. You don't want something super dark and heavy, like a stout. You don't want something hoppy like an IPA because that's just going to clash way too much and be just too much for the palate to enjoy the meal itself. Just a nice, crisp, clean lager. Brother. Okay. Okay, that 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 sounds pretty good. Um, by the way, uh, do you have a hockey meal, a, a, a preferred hockey meal? I, I feel a lot of, a lot of hockey fans do. No, but just whatever's available. Yeah. So the meal part, I've never been like too concerned about. It's okay. more uh, on game days where I really, where it's against an opponent that I'm not favorable towards. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I get that. I get that. Yeah. Uh, I'll have, uh, I'll drink just St. Louis beer. There you go. So, in like a regular season, if we're playing a Canadian team and I happen to have a six pack of Molson, I will drink anything other than Molson. <laughs> Smart. If, God, what's another brewery that is around? Uh, there's a team with a brewery that I've had beer from. Oh. Um. No. Anyway, yeah. If I have beer from a brewery that's near a hockey city that we're playing, I will stay the hell away from that. That's that's totally fair. Just, I'm, just for the night, because if I have yeah. it, I like it for a reason. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But no, I totally get that. I'm I'm a little superstitious like that too. I I totally understand. Um. Well, I guess one final thing. Um. You know, we talked a little bit about the beers uh, that you have available now. Uh, what's coming down the pike for Center Eyes? What 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 can we expect in the next uh, month or two? Um, well, we have another batch of beauty in the fermenter. Okay. Uh, we have our line change series right now. I'm gonna burp again. That that's fine. Pardon me. We're talking so about beer. So series. Fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the byproduct. Yes. Um, <laughs> so the line change series is basically a. 10 to 15 gallon homebrew system that we're just kind of kegging and keeping on on the hockey stick taps just to play around with different styles different hops like whatever we want to do so we have right now an imperial stout a lemongrass kolsch brewed with lemongrass okay grass (laughs) um and a lime sherbet sour down the pipeline on that we have um God, I just kegged it. We have a stout coming, just a real basic 5.6% stout. Okay. Um, You've got my interest. Yeah. We have I brewed an Irish red for St. Patrick's Day. Nice. I brewed an American wheat. We just I just brewed yesterday a blueberry hefeweizen, which I'm very excited for. (laughs) Um we have a hazy IPA coming soon, which I know people are going to just drain. 
Yeah. Um, tomorrow, I'm going to be brewing a American lager. Just a classic okay. American lager. Uh, more traditional side. Sure. That'll be fun. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just like we've had... We had a we had a beer that Jim, our head brewer, has been crowing about brewing for so long, and then we finally got to do it on this line change small batch system. It was a um, walnut plum porter. That's interesting. Yeah, he's been dying to brew it, and it flew thanks to him. <laughs> a, wa- a walnut pl- a walnut plum porter. Yeah. So wow. Yeah. So that was also fun to brew and if i if i mention it to him he might have us brew it again <laughs> oh gosh oh gosh so we, then, we, we should we should keep this our secret Shh. yeah really <laughs> uh but yeah so we've just been able to play around with a bunch of really just fun stuff so and and, and just for clarity uh will these be available curbside or some of these uh tap room only these are mainly tap room only okay uh um, okay. I don't really have like I don't really know what front of house sales look like for anything or what they're really doing with any of the line change stuff. I don't know if it's available in growlers or not, but sure. I All know right, it's primarily taproom only. All right, very good. Well, uh, I guess uh, we'll go ahead and wrap things up with you here. Uh, any uh, anything to plug? Uh, where can we find you on the web and social media? Uh, not really on social media, so. Not really there. Uh, but Center Ice, Center Ice, Center Ice is yeah. So yeah. I think it's just Center Ice Brewery on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, yeah, come on down to Center Ice. Uh, wear your masks. Let's not be silly. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, come enjoy a pint. Uh, if Jim and I aren't super busy in any given day of the week. Uh, come chat. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You you guys have been really friendly every time I've come up and picked up beer, and always been willing to chat. And just uh, it's it's you know I've been kind of leery of COVID, so I haven't been to Center Ice really since the pandemic started, like inside. But I'm looking yeah. forward to when things get cleared up and and being back and enjoying some games at Center Ice because you know it it really is a. Uh, uh, a, a cool atmosphere for hockey and you know just you know for one you're always right by history because of all the old arena you know wood fixtures that are that are inside the tap room but it's it i i implore people that are in st louis uh and, and i should and i should i should stress that because you don't ship outside of st louis no so because it's it gets real weird with uh well it the government gets real weird with shipping alcohol yeah or by, shipping by the, beer, really. Yeah. By the way, um, our one final thought from Mason. His blues meal is Del Taco uh, nachos, which we don't have Del Taco here in St. Louis. But having lived in places that have a Del Taco, uh, let me just say beer and Del Taco Mexican food is name a more name a more iconic duo. You just you, you can't. That is like if, if there is ever food that is meant for beer, it's it's Del Taco. So <laughs> good. It's a, it's a good combo. Alrighty, Jack. Well, thanks so much for being on. And uh, we, we look forward to uh, uh, following up in the future and uh, hopefully everything uh, stays, uh, stays copacetic for you guys as the uh, pandemic.
pandemic winds hopefully winds down here in the next uh, next few months. Yeah, thanks for having me on, buddy. Alrighty, sounds good. Um, by the way, hang around for a little bit. I want to want to chat with you a little bit afterwards, if that's okay. Yeah. Alrighty, sounds good. All right, Jack Ferrara, assistant brewer at Center Ice Brewery. Uh, again, check them out, centericebrewery.com. They're actually on uh, Twitter at Center Ice Brew, uh, but you can, if you search for them, they'll pop right up. Uh, great local business. I, I implore you guys to check them out. And it's just, it just they, they, they got a really neat thing going on there. And uh, by the way, Blues and Sharks starting, uh, if you're listening to this on Thursday tonight, looking forward to some new competition. Uh, we'll be back to recap the games late Sunday, uh, probably nine o'clock central time with myself, Wags and uh, Blues fan reacts. And uh, he's already uh, planning his next trip to Center Ice Brewery. By the way, uh, next time I visit, I'll stop by. So there we go. We sold one person on it. Uh, and that's going to do it for this episode of Blue Notes. I want to thank you for listening and watching because without you, there is no me. There is no Wags and there is no Blues fan reacts. And of course, there is no Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump and always play to the whistle. A reminder that you can follow Blue Notes on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. I'm the voice of the blues, Tom Calhoun. Jeremy Boyer, play us out. listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.